You can be seated. Let's get into today's word. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of hustle and bustle going on. And um, it's Christmas Eve. It's the evening. I don't know if you have plans after this. But what I want to do is I want to take just a few moments to reset our minds and reset our hearts and, and completely put our focus on Jesus. Is that okay? I'm going to read from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. And I really, really love this passage. And in fact, we're going to read a few more that, is, that are just like it. And one of the key takeaways before I read this that I want you to understand is that Isaiah is a book in the Old Testament, which means when this was written, Jesus had not been born yet. So this is from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. It says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen? Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is one of many, many, many prophetic words in the Old Testament that told us about Jesus coming from heaven to earth. More on this in a second. Can we just take a moment to just pray over today's word? Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are. We thank you for what you've done. Today, we celebrate one of the greatest moments in all of history, that you came from heaven to earth. Jesus, today, we, we put the focus on you. Lord, we Lord, we get rid of all the other distractions and the things that we have to get to. Today, tonight, right now, it is about you, and we celebrate you today, Jesus. Bless this time together in your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. So I titled today's message, Rediscovering Christmas. I don't know about you, but, you know, with all of the busyness going on, you know, there's parties to attend, lights to put up, decorations to set up, and in a few weeks, maybe take apart. Uh, there's so many family gatherings to attend. Uh, I think that sometimes adults, we get caught up in all of these things. In fact, I would go as far to say uh, that many of us, we get caught up in the traditions. We have to be here. We have to do this. We have to meet with these family members, and we have a schedule to keep, and we have a list of people to get gifts for and while all of that is great, I love giving, some of us, no matter what we do, some of us might find ourselves, uh, depending on the year, depending on the mood and the emotions that we're going through, that there, there isn't enough toys or presents or Christmas trees or mistletoes or eggnog or cookies to get us in the Christmas spirit. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel it. Can I be honest? Like sometimes like growing up and even as an adult, I'm thinking, this year I feel it. <laughs> this year, I don't know. It's kind of 
Everything's just going by so fast. I don't know if you've ever been there. Well, here's what I came to the conclusion uh, with uh, a few years ago is, you know, the, the traditions don't really get you in the Christmas spirit. Jesus gets me in the Christmas spirit, amen? And, and it's because what we have to do is we have to make sure that the center of everything that we do is Jesus. I can sing all the, the, the Christmas carols, and I can sing Santa Claus is coming to town, right? Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. I can sing all of those songs, but you know what really gets me in the Christmas spirit? Oh, holy night. How about, how about silent night? How about, how about worshiping our Savior and singing joy to the world, the Lord has come? You see, when we put the focus on Jesus, we, we, we begin to understand the real meaning of the season. And so while, while we can do all the other things, we can't go through Christmas and miss the point. This is a celebration of the greatest event in human history. That the Son of God left His throne on heaven to come and to live with us and to walk with us. And so how do you rediscover Christmas today? I think it's the answer is a little bit easier than you might think. The only way to rediscover Christmas is to remember Jesus. That's the only way. And so today, I just want to take a, a, a reset, if that's okay. Let's everybody, let's take a deep breath, like inhale, and then you can exhale and be in the moment of remembering Jesus and the incredible celebration that we are gathering together to celebrate tonight. In fact, uh, what I want to do is even take this a step further in remembering Jesus. I I want us to get excited about this celebration. I want us to get excited about why we're celebrating today. So here's what I'm going to do. In just a a minute or two, I'm going to take you through some history because we go and we celebrate Jesus' birth every year. But what you're going to about to find out is that from Genesis, that's the first book of the Bible, until Jesus was born, there was about 3,900 years that had passed, according to most scholars, that's the most accurate timeline, a little bit over 3,900 years that has passed. So that was a long time of waiting. You see, here's what happened in this time frame. In the garden, after Adam and Eve sinned, God promised Adam that a Savior would come and crush the serpent's head. This was one of the first prophecies that a savior would come and defeat sin then God promised Abraham that that a lamb would come the lamb of God that would be the replacement the, the sacrifice for us and so there was this prophecy Jacob had a dream that there was a staircase from heaven to earth bridging the gap between heaven and earth In many psalms in the Old Testament, David wrote and prophesied that a Savior would come. And then God even promised that this Savior would come from David's lineage. And then there's prophets. There's so many prophets in the Bible. Jeremiah is 
one of them. He was weeping on behalf of the people. He's telling the people, turn back to God. And in the process, he's also weeping and saying, we need a Savior. Mankind is imperfect. Mankind is headed towards destruction. We need a Savior. And then we find the book of Isaiah, which is actually what we just read. And Isaiah, let me read it one more time. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But let me tell you, while, these, while that's a verse in the Old Testament, let me give you a few more. Remember, this is before Jesus came to earth. Here's another one from Isaiah. Isaiah 7.14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a son. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Did you know that was in the Old Testament? How about Isaiah 53.5? But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Here's another one from Isaiah. He was oppressed and afflicted. He did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Here's one more from Isaiah 53.9. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had, no, he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. This is prophesying Jesus coming from heaven to earth. Jesus even being pierced for our transgressions. Not saying a word when he's accused. Having a grave assigned, meaning that he would die. And there's over 300 prophecies that are just like this in the Old Testament. Over 300 prophecies before Jesus was born. And let me tell you here today that he fulfilled every single one of them. Isn't that amazing? And so here's what's happening. Well, I'm painting this picture to hopefully get you excited about the celebration of what Christmas is really about. During this time, this from Adam and Eve all the way to the birth of Jesus, there was generations and generations and, and generations and generations, and I can go on and on. 3,900 years is what most scholars say. You know what's interesting is waiting 3,900 years for a Savior. Most of us, we get angry when our internet connection's slow, right? Like some of us, we get upset when we're at a restaurant and the food takes more than 20 minutes. You know what? I even get upset sometimes and a little antsy when I have to put something in the microwave for two minutes. And I don't know about you. I'm like, I think microwave minutes are the slowest minutes. I don't know. I feel like the minutes go by so much slower. You know, but in this world filled with instant gratification and that we can go to the Father for everything now, I think sometimes we forget what happened on this day? Humanity waited for this Savior. Humanity waited for the serpent's head to be crushed, for death to be defeated. Humanity was waiting for a Savior, a bridge between heaven and earth. Humanity waited and waited. And, and here's what happened in the waiting. There was turmoil. There was pain. 
And these 3,900 years, people would turn towards God and then they'd turn away from God. There was generations that served God and then generations that followed that turned away from God. And then and it was like a circle. Generations that served God, generations that turned away. And here's what the prophets are saying. There's a Savior that's going to come and change everything. There's a Savior coming that's going to make things right. And so there's waiting. In the midst of all the sin of mankind, in the midst of all the pain, in the midst of all the struggles, in the midst of everything, humanity waited. And then there's this picture of the shepherds that were keeping watch that night. Do you remember what the angel said? The angel appeared and the angel says, I bring you good tidings. I bring you good news, great tidings of great joy. Saying, I have a message. I have something to, to, to show you. I have, I have great news and, and I'm going to tell you what's happening. A Savior is finally here. A Savior is being born in the town of Bethlehem. And if you can only imagine what kind of joy would you feel that, that you had the opportunity to hear that message, that after all the waiting, that, that you get to hear the good news. By the way, you know what gospel means, right? Gospel means good news, that there is finally good news for all creation to hear. I'm going to give you four quick points today, and uh, I'm just going to kind of go through them fairly quick, so if you want to write in your notes, you can. Here's point number one. I want to, I want to get you excited about who Jesus is today. Number one in your notes, he is the fulfillment of God's promises. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promises. So when those shepherds heard the news, we know that Jesus was coming to fulfill everything that God promised. He was coming to fulfill everything that was prophesied about him. What an amazing thing. But you know what's interesting about this? is he came in a way that I think that nobody expected. I think that most people thought he would have this triumphant entry, that he'd be some royalty or some king or some prince in the world, in the government, someone who is recognizable and has an earthly kingdom established. But no, Jesus comes in swaddling clothes. He's born in a manger. And that leads us to point number two is that Jesus is the ultimate example of humility because Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. That's what Scripture says, that, that Jesus came in all humility, but he also came in glory, right? The glory of God was all upon this, this event that would change mankind forever, but the glory looked different than what everybody expected. Jesus is the ultimate example of humility. Luke 2, 7 says, And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. You know, there, there's so many ways that Jesus showed us humility. 
I mean, here's one way. He came down from his throne in heaven, and he, he, he now became God with us. He walked with us. He talked with us. He, he entered the world as a baby. He, he washed his disciples' feet, showing that he has a servant's heart. And then ultimately, he sacrificed himself on the cross of Calvary, proving that he was the Lamb of God that was prophesied, and that he proved that he loved us in that way. Here's another thing. Point number three is that Jesus, he's the bridge between heaven and earth. Let's go back to the book of Isaiah. All these, most of these scriptures today are in the Old Testament. Uh, I've been reading through the book of Isaiah and, and I've just been meditating on, wow, the depiction, the depiction that the prophet of God saw that he heard the the depiction is so accurate and here's what Isaiah says in in chapter 64 so most of the prophecies had already been written and in chapter 64 he says this oh that you would rend the heavens and come down and that the mountains would tremble before you I don't know if you know what that word rend means but it's like it literally means to tear open so Isaiah, he's, he's hearing all the prophecies of the coming Messiah, and here he is writing again, and he's saying, oh, that you would open heaven up. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come and, and be with us. Oh, that you would, would make yourself known. Because Isaiah's thinking, I've, I've seen a glimpse of what's coming I've heard, I trust what God is showing me, is, is telling me. I trust the prophecy that's coming ahead. And if you can just open the heavens and, and give us a Savior. Give us what we need. And that's Isaiah's cry. And so what's interesting about this is today we can, you know, Isaiah's looking forward of, at an event that hasn't even happened yet and and he's crying out would you just open heaven up and here we are in 2023 we can we can look back and say glory to God that the heavens were opened up that 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 the lamb of God did come that heaven and earth came crashing together for the first time that 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 Jesus is the one way to the Father. We can look back and we can see the glory of Jesus in full display. What an amazing thing as we go through the Christmas holidays, what an amazing thing for us to meditate on. That that we know that we have the, the New Testament. We have the Gospels. We have the message of Jesus. We know the story. And some of us just walk through the season like nothing happened. No, today I want to remember the significance of what we're celebrating. That mankind waited for a Savior. That mankind was, was, was going through turmoil and pain and sin and, and mistakes and were, that humanity was crying out for God, that humanity was crying out that heaven would just come open and that we would be introduced to that Savior. And how blessed are we today 
to be able to experience that. And finally, point number four is he's the everlasting God. Jesus is the everlasting God. So what does that mean? It means that not only did he come and bring heaven to earth, Jesus, the Son of God, now with us, God with us. Not only did he do that, not only was he born, not only did he live with us and and die for us and for our sins, but even better than that, he invites us into eternal life with him. He is the everlasting God. I want you to understand that this baby Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is the Holy God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He is the spotless Lamb of God. And today, we get to celebrate the birth that changed the course of humanity's history and forevermore. He is the everlasting Father. Would you stand with me today? We're going to sing a few more songs and worship. And today, we're going to dim the lights. And what I want you to do is I just want you to meditate on the gravity of what we're celebrating today. I want you to celebrate this special moment where heaven came to earth. We can declare the glories of Jesus. We can declare that he is who he said he is, that he is the King of kings, that he is the Lord of lords. And as we meditate on that, we're going to dim the lights and there's some candles up here in the front. We're going to sing and if you want to come up to the front and grab a candle, we're going to have a little candlelight worship. So you can do that right now. You can make your way forward. We're going to sing some songs. We're going to worship and we're going to meditate on this amazing celebration of Christmas.